0: all righty hello again everyone welcome to it it is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 12th day of June 2023 happy Monday hope you're having a good one I'm Derek Hunter this is the Derek Hunter podcast all right Let's, uh, we got a lot of ground to to cover, and uh, I don't know, it's one of those, one of those days where you're like, there's 8 million stories, 10 million of them that could also be talked about, and geez, and holy frank, you just don't know where to start, but we're going to start, of course, with the indictment. On Friday's show I had recorded before the indictment was announced, that's one of those things that sucks about podcasting. I mean it, it's good that you can go back and correct it cuz there's times when I was on the air when I had doing radio and then something would break afterwards and you're like oh crap I have stuff to say about that but and then by the time you go 20 on hours later you, everybody else has said almost everything about it luckily I'm interesting enough to be able to go from there and pick up the ball and still make it seem like the very first time uh but in this case, I just went and recorded another opening to it. Now we've had a little more time to look at the information, the story around it, and it is it's certainly more... When I first talked, I thought it was seven counts. That This is the problem with reporting on anything before you actually have the information. There were seven counts reported, allegedly. Now it's 37 counts. It well, now it's actually... 37 counts. And if you read the indictment, or if you just peruse the indictment, or you read quotes from the indictment, there are two things I have to say before I say what I'm going to say. First and foremost, I forget who it was. I think it might, I think it might have been my friend Brian. He was talking about prosecutors. And he said, the, remember, the best day for a prosecutor, the best day that they get to lay out their case as prosecutor, is the day they file an indictment. There's no rebuttal. There's no exculpatory evidence. There's really nothing except for your best case and everything laid out perfectly with no cross-examination or questioning of it. That being said, so just so you know, that's what we're dealing with. That being said, the indictment is pretty damning it is not just you took documents you shouldn't have had and it is apparently like this is the thing I don't understand why politicians do this I really don't understand why politicians do this but they they seem to do it all the time the first instance if I'm thinking correctly the first instance I can remember of this happening because it's a modern problem if you don't count Nixon the. Everybody carries with them a recording studio in their pocket. There's there's apps that you can make the sounds of a whole band and write a song in there and record your singing. You can have a whole music studio in there, and that allows people to have a recording device on them at all times. And just because you're in a room full of supporters doesn't mean that they're not going to want to record something. They'd record it because they proved that they were in the room. They record it to feel cool with their friends. They record it because they want to listen later. They record it because, you know what, they were supporters, they're in the room, but now they're not really supporters. And they kind of, I don't know, are looking for you to say something that might be useful to one of your opponents or to the political enemies, whatever the case is politicians sad as it is unless you treat it like uh, you don't go to too many events but if you ever go to a, like an advanced screening for a movie sometimes not often they you can win contests like go fobo or whatever the hell it, I don't know what the I get the emails to enter the contest but if you or it's not even really most times it's a contest they're like we're doing an advanced screening of this movie if you want to go be one of the first 500 people to register and then you have to show up and maybe you'll get a seat Uh, They will say sometimes that you can't bring your phone in with you, that they will take your phone, like a coat check, but for phones. And they will check you to see if you have a phone. Why? Because they don't want the dialogue recorded. They don't want somebody filming it. They don't want anything of the information to get out about this movie until they have a chance to make money off of it. Can't blame them. So unless politicians are willing to do that, which I'm not sure they are, because you, to get into a small room with a politician, you've got to be somebody kind of special. you got to be somebody on the team, like obviously on the team, a sycophant in the media, a sycophant in political commentary, or I'm talking about a private meeting, not an interview. Or you've got to be somebody who gives a lot of money. So if you're giving thousands and thousands of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars to packs and things like that, the odds of the person benefiting the most from your donations saying, I would love to have you in the room with me, but I'm going to have to do a body cavity. So you're going to have to go through a security measure. You're going to have to be frisked. And we're going to take your phone. Like You can't get into the room with a former president normally without being frisked or being wanded or whatever. But you get, okay, that's just a cell phone. All right, fine. That's what happens. If they start taking them, then there'll be some people like, who the hell do you think you are? You're not dealing, if people have tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to uh, give to politicians, they are not letting your windbreaker-wearing, walkie-talkie-holding, 25 buck an hour security detail or even the Secret Service take away their phone. They're going to go, you're not touching my phone. I, I I need to be in touch with my, if somebody needs to get a hold of me, if you're a billionaire and you somebody needs to get a hold of you, you're going to, and it's somebody you care about, you're going to take that call and you're not used to hearing the word no. So you're not going to get politicians stripping supporters of their cell phones to have intimate meetings with them. That being said, apparently Donald Trump was surreptitiously recorded. I heard somebody speculating the other day about oh, Why would he record? I don't think it was. I can't imagine it was Trump that recorded this. But uh, allegedly in the audio, we haven't heard the audio. We've seen parts of the transcript. In the audio, somebody or Donald Trump is talking about General Mark Milley. They don't get along. Millie was saying something about Donald Trump and Iran. The details are irrelevant, but he allegedly takes a piece of paper out, waves it around, says, there's a receipt, but it'll sound more like paper, waves it around, says this. I wish I could show you this because this shows basically that he's a liar, but uh, I could have declassified this when I was president, but I didn't so I can't show you this. It makes it sound like Donald Trump is standing up in front of a room of people and flashing around classified material, not showing it to them, but saying this is classified without showing it to them, according to the transcripts, which are in the indictment. Now, if you, you can say that sounds like garbage, and I would have thought it sounds like garbage, except for when you think about it logically. A prosecutor would be suicidal to allege something like that without the goods to back it up, without the audio to, to back it up, especially to quote it as though it's a recording and then say, well, but we don't have the recording. Somebody told us about this recording and we haven't seen it. It would be insane. It would undercut the credibility of the case and would lead to, I would think, quick and pretty easy dismissal. So theoretically, this recording or some semblance of it exists, right? Because again, if you, if you, yeah, we've, we've got video of him pushing grandma down the stairs is the, uh, written there plain as day in the indictment. And then it comes time for trial. And they said, well, where's the video? Because at some point you're supposed to turn over every bit of evidence to the, defense team, including exculpatory evidence, not that pushing grandma down the stairs would be exculpatory, but, you know, you're supposed to turn over everything, give them copies of it so they know what they're ready for. And if you don't come up with that, they're going to say, wait a second, wait just a second, especially if you have a bombshell like that. And in your opening statements, I will show you video of this monster pushing grandma down the flight of stairs and then kicking her in the face as she lays lifeless down at the bottom of it and then you don't say that you can hope well gee i hope the jury doesn't go back and look at the uh, transcript for the opening arguments but i'm afraid to tell you that uh, the the defense attorney if they're worth their weight in dog excrement would be bringing that up immediately throughout the entire as soon as you rested your case because they'd be sitting there i'd assume terrified going in my client client says he's not guilty but if they've got this video we're screwed we're screwed we're going to proceed as though they don't have this video but we're going to proceed as though uh, this video is fake or whatever but we're, we, we're going to be ready because we're going to get smacked by this thing at some point point. and then they go uh the prosecution rests you might go wait a second. Uh, you guys are talking about a video of this thing, and I see no, there's no video. If that doesn't become the cornerstone of your defense case, unless, of course, you've got video of your own client somewhere else, physically nowhere near the crime scene at the time of the crime, uh, if that isn't the cornerstone of your defense, you're committing malpractice. You're insane. So I don't think that this is a lie. Now there might be other circumstances around it. There might be more context to it. It's not up to the prosecutor. It's up to the prosecutor to consider that context. It's not up to the prosecutor to provide that context. At least under these circumstances that would be up for the defense. And uh, presumably an honest prosecutor and probably not dealing with one of those here but you know political hacks they would recognize that they can get these charges pretty easily, but they can also get these charges dismissed pretty easily, and you don't want to mess with charges like this getting dismissed very easily because that will damage your career. Now, with a Democrat, it's a little bit different simply because they'll take care of their own. You can humiliate yourself as a liberal Democrat, clown your existence, your office, your oath, your duty, whatever it is, as long as you're doing it in the cause of the progressive movement, you will find a job probably in academia, maybe on cable television, and no big deal. Normal people get screwed. Liberals don't really get screwed this way. So looking at this case, you have to think that Donald Trump, and actually if I'm thinking about the... uh, what I would think of everything, the alleged, allegedly Donald Trump asked his lawyers to hide documents from the federal government, from the National Archives, from the FBI. Allegedly, Donald Trump had a staffer who's also been charged, I believe, uh, hiding documents, etc., cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things in this, that in there. But in the recording, it supposedly is Donald Trump admitting He didn't actually declassify these documents because so far to this point, his defense has been, I could declassify documents simply by wishing that they were declassified, by thinking that they were declassified. It's technically true. You can't just say that and not, you kind of got to tell somebody there's a little bit of a process unless you vocally say it, unless you verbally say it, but uh, yeah, you can tell anybody anything you want. As president, the thing is, Donald Trump wasn't president at the time. Here, Donald Trump was an ex-president, and Donald Trump expressly, allegedly says that he could have declassified these documents, but now he couldn't, implying, according to the prosecutors, that the documents were not declassified when he was president. See, that's what I'm tr- the point I'm trying to get to. That is could be problematic. Now, the fact that they're charging him with something under the Espionage Act is absurd. It's going to have to be uh, an airtight case from here on out. I think that good lawyers... If Trump's serious about this... I've seen all... God, I'll get into that, too. If Trump is serious about this, he should be instructing his lawyers to go out and do every damn thing they possibly can to get these charges dismissed with prejudice. Within the New York case... With Alvin Bragg, that was so that seems to me again not a lawyer, so plainly insane, so plainly full of crap that I mean he's inventing the crime, he's ignoring statutes of limitations and taking a state crime and making it a federal crime, but charging under state law. It just seems laughable on its face, so in that sense, he can and it's about Stormy Daniels, which is not really. There's no threat there. It's ridiculous. And everybody, look, you either believe Donald Trump slept with Stormy Daniels or you don't. And uh, it's not going, gee, I'm really on the fence because I like what Trump did, but I think he might've slept with that porn star. So no, it's baked into the cake with everybody. So there isn't really much of a political risk to allowing the, the New York case to drag on. I think it's bad form. I think it'd be he can raise money off of it for sure. I think he could probably raise more money off of it as said by getting the case dismissed immediately and then saying, "Look, they tried to persecute me, but I stood up and said no." And it was such a bogus case that it was dismissed immediately. We'll see. Motions are supposed to be due for that. I, just, I had a problem with the four months to put in motions, which I thought was absurd. Um, but in this case. You don't want to fundraise off of it, really. I mean, you, you have to, because it's what's going on. You have to sort of fundraise what's off of what's going on. But this is much more serious. This carries with it serious jail time, serious repercussions. I don't know that Donald Trump will be convicted. I doubt Donald Trump would be convicted. It, it's still, I mean, without having heard the defense, you can imagine. I would say that, you know, the the talking in front of the donors was just him exaggerating, he's holding up a piece of paper saying, oh boy, I wish I could show you this, but I can't, is you get people in Washington, you get people in life all the time doing these sorts of things. I wish I could tell you what I know. I can't tell you what I know for security reasons. I'll just hint around about, to make you think I know a whole bunch of things. It's the blowhard's way of pretending to be important. Not that that's what Donald Trump was doing per se, at least not to that degree, but the concept remains the same. I highly doubt that Donald Trump is carrying around. This was up in New Jersey, apparently. I highly doubt that he's moving classified documents up to New Jersey for a meeting with donors so that he can use it as a prop and not show it to anybody. I just, I can't I can't imagine that. So you can argue like, look, he was just sort of tooting his own horn. He's a former president, blah, blah, blah. You could do that sort of stuff. Absolutely, positively, you can do that sort of stuff. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You can tell that Trump is concerned about this by the way that he dismissed, I don't know if it was permanently from his legal team in general or at least from this case, Many of the people you see on television, the lawyers who work for Donald Trump, the the guy has more lawyers than most law firms do. And he's got people on retainer. He's hired them at one point. It's a smart move politically and and personally in business because then you make it difficult for anybody who wants to sue you to find somebody who isn't conflicted out. I'd love to represent you, but I've. Eight years ago, I did uh, six minutes worth of work for Donald Trump, and I can't, it would be a conflict. You can do that sort of thing. You always hear stories of somebody getting divorced, and uh, the one spouse, mostly, I suppose it's probably in movies, so you you hear fake stories about it, maybe, of people running around meeting with a whole bunch of divorce lawyers at various places around town because they want their or at least the best ones. they hire the best and then they meet with the rest, so that their spouse that they're divorcing can't go and hire them. like i can't uh, can't do work for you. I'm conflicted out." At least it happens. It makes sense. I don't know if it's real. I can't imagine lawyers with that many ethics, but that's the story anyway. but um, this case is a mess. This case is a mess that seems. Largely self-inflicted, largely and stupidly self-inflicted. The braggadocio behind this. Look, you got these documents, right? You got them. The National Archives or whoever it was. So they, the DOJ, they know you've got these documents. They ask you for the documents. Give them the documents. Give them the doc- What's the problem with giving them the documents? But most presidents write their memoirs. Most presidents build presidential libraries to house their documents. Um, I don't know that either one of those things are going on now. Donald Trump put out a picture book of letters that celebrities wrote to him before he was a politician. It's an interesting book, probably made a ton of money, but it is not... um, it's not a memoir. It's not the definitive account of his time in the White House or his first term in the White House, however you prefer to think about it. You don't need those documents sitting around. If you did, it's been almost a year and a half. has been a year and a half. You, you've, Whatever purpose they would have served, they should have served that purpose by now. And that being said, even still, even if it hadn't served their purposes yet, You, as a former president, will still have access to those documents. They just need to legally be archived in the National Archives. Now, you can sit there and argue, Democrats did this, and what about Hillary? You're right on all those accounts. You're right on all those accounts. But that's not going to change the argument here. You've got to challenge this argument here. What about-ism is effective in politics... It might be effective in legal arenas, but in general, it's not going to change very many minds. Hillary Clinton sucked, and I didn't do anything worse than Hillary Clinton. is not going to convince people who may or may not vote for you, not people who will or won't, but may or may not vote for you or open to the prospect go. Well, you know what he's got a good point. That person I thought was terrible. Is just as bad as he is, so why should I not vote for this person? Well, did you vote for Hillary? Because I don't think a lot of people who are persuadable voted for Hillary. It's just a bad look. It seems self inflicted. That being said, there are some people out there who are making a case much better than other people out there. I'm going to play for you in a second this clip from George Snufflefagus. And lindsey graham from this week yesterday george actually george has shown up to work at least two of the last three weeks i hope he's okay it's just very rare for him but then you have other people and we'll get to them first and i know i'm gonna God, i'm very good at alienating audiences but sometimes the truth has just got to be said you got other people out there who are just saying stupid things they're just saying stupid things Somebody was like, well, everybody else in the race needs to drop out and endorse Donald Trump right now or we don't have a country anymore. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's, a dumb idea. it's the dumbest idea I've heard campaign strategy wise uh, for anybody involved since McCain suspended his campaign in 2008 over the financial crisis. Remember that? That's so serious. I'm suspending my campaign, and I call on Barack Obama to suspend his campaign so we can go back and work in the best interest of the country, blah, blah, blah. And and Obama's like, no, I'm still running. McCain, I think, pulled all his ads for like three days. Obama's like, to hell with you. No, we're running for president. I'm I'm running for president anyway. You, you go do what you got to do. I'll be there for the vote. Uh, just go away. But it was a dumb idea. This is a dumb idea. You don't anoint somebody. You can be disgusted by the charges. You can say there's nothing there. I don't know how you say there's nothing there. You can say it's BS, but I don't know how you say it's nothing there if you read the thing. Now, there might end up being nothing there, like I said. There's no exculpatory evidence. There's no cross-examination of the evidence or anything like that. But on its face, every indictment sounds pretty damning. This one's no different. Okay, now to the other person who said something, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. I don't... I wish this party could get rid of shake or at least hold losers to some kind of standard okay if you lose once look anybody can lose once you lose twice anybody can lose twice you lose three times you're a loser but you shouldn't ever lose three times you shouldn't be william jennings bryant For those who don't remember your early 19th century, early 20th century history, William Jennings Bryant ran three times for president of the United States and lost. I think he might have run as a Democrat, a super populist Democrat, but he lost. I believe he's the only person to have lost the presidency three times, to actually have been the nominee and lost the presidency three times. Joe Biden has already lost the presidency three times, but then he won it. Um... When a candidate loses, there's a reason for it. Now, you can believe that they were cheated. That's fine and entirely up to you. But if you believe that they were cheated, then you've got to believe that they have some sort of way to overcome the cheating, to counteract it. I was encouraged this week when I saw the Republicans, the RNC has launched a nationwide plan to engage in ballot harvesting, to really go for... Um, you know, absentee, pushing absentee ballots, blah, 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 yakety schmackety all that stuff. That's great. I think those things are all horrible, but as long as they're the law, you better damn well be good at it. You better be able to get votes any way you possibly can. I don't care how you get them. Just get them. Legal votes, legitimate votes. So that's great. So if you're going to be a Kerry Lake and still insist that you lost. And honestly, I I wouldn't be surprised that you were cheated, but you got to prove it at some point. At some point you've got to prove it. It would have to be look, I don't I think Democrats are an evil corrupt group of people, but I do not believe that they are so special that they and only them could pull off a multi-year thousands and thousands of person conspiracy where everybody keeps their mouth shut and nobody slips up and nobody nobody involved has run afoul of the law and then said "Ah, i don't want you're gonna face in five years i don't really want to face five years i tell you what i'll tell you a story in exchange for immunity i also don't believe that if you presented a strong case to a republican or conservative prosecutor Somewhere in this country, because the voter fraud would have to be super widespread and massive. And if you presented a case somewhere, that somebody wouldn't pick you up on that. That somebody wouldn't take you. I'm just saying. I could be wrong. I'm perfectly willing to be right. I know I can feel the emails coming already. What about 2,000 mules? Okay, a lot of that footage was uh, from Georgia. Yeah, maybe you're not going to get a a fan from the Secretary of State and George Raffensperger. I think it's George Raffensperger. Maybe you're not going to get a fan of the attorney. There are local prosecutors as well. Georgia's a pretty red state, even though Republicans manage to blow Senate races there all the time. You're telling me that nobody would take that case? Seems a little weird. You're looking at a situation where... The governor uh, is a Republican. The governor, you can hate the governor all you want. Again, I'm not trying to judge you or tell you to think anything, but just asking you to think logically. The governor doesn't like Donald Trump, but the governor does like not being cheated out of an election. He might have some sort of interest in looking into that, wouldn't you think? Same for the Attorney General. You would also think that maybe, just maybe, if Democrats are going to cheat to the point that they stole the presidential race and two Senate seats uh, one and a half times, that they would also, I don't know, steal the governor's race. They'd love some Stacey Abrams over there. If you're stuffing the ballot box, why in the hell wouldn't you stuff the ballot box for Stacey Abrams, too. Because, you know, if she found out that you did it and you didn't do it for her, she might come over and eat you. <sighs> but that's sort of, in, that that's just something to, to look at. So if somebody has lost, like a Carrie Lake, and I thought she was going to win, but if somebody like Carrie Lake loses, you either learn from that loss and say, well, I'm never going to let that happen again. Then you come back the next time and you don't let that happen again, and you win. Or you come back the next time, and it happens again. Or you run a worse candidacy campaign or whatever, like Stacey Abrams. And you just get your clock cleaned. It's time to kind of go away. But you don't sit there and insist that you won all the time. And you can send me, don't send me stories. But I'm just, I'll am just i get the stories. This court case, that court I'm talking big picture here. Because Carrie Lake over the weekend said something that, For somebody who seemed so smart during the campaign, after the campaign, she seemed to have lost it. She seemed to have lost it. So during a speech, ironically enough, to the Georgia Republican Party, now why is she being invited to the Georgia Republican Party? I'd ask again, at the risk of alienating half the listeners. Are there not enough Republicans out there who've won their races? that could be invited to do these things or people not having lost a race? Does Georgia's GOP really need to go to Arizona to get the person who lost the governor's race to come over and speak at their convention or whatever? I, d- I don't think so. I, I, oh God, I don't know why I keep doing these things, but I'm going to do it. Like a Blake Master's. Blake Masters sure seemed like a good candidate. Sure seemed like he had a chance. He didn't win. He lost. He's not running around. Now, there's a possibility he might run again. I wouldn't nominate him again. He's had his chance. Unless something dramatic changes, uh, maybe give somebody one second chance. But that's it. Dr. Oz is not being invited to other states to give speeches, as far as I know. At least I hope not. Nor should he be. He lost to a zombie. Should not be celebrated. So if you lost, you kind of got to go away. You should go away. You should, you know, maybe get involved in the party. Maybe work on building your brain. Maybe try and figure out how you lost beyond you got screwed, you got cheated, so that maybe you can come back and try and win again. But you shouldn't be celebrated as a conquering hero, right? Right? After Waterloo, Napoleon did not get a parade down the Champs-Elysees. At the speech in Georgia, Kerry Lake said, quote, I have a message tonight for Merrick Garland and Jack Smith and Joe Biden. And the guys in the back there in the fake news media, you should listen up as well. This one's for you. If you want to get to President Trump, you're going to have to go through me. You're going to have to go through 75 million Americans, just like me. And I'm going to tell you, most of us are card-carrying members of the NRA. That's not a threat. That's a public service announcement, end quote. You can agree with the sentiment. You can say she was speaking in metaphors and whatever. It's just hyperbole. That's all well and good but it is also a threat. Now, if she wants to go out and get arrested, protest, she could. She's free to. It's always the people who talk the loudest about what other people should do and how everybody's going to do X, Y, or Z who don't get arrested. doesn't it? seems weird, at least on the right. So yeah, if she wants to do this, She's free to go and protest and get arrested and engaging in civil disobedience all she wants. When she's speaking to a room full of people, some of whom might take her up on that offer. And then, you know, for a fact, she's going to be back on a jet probably that night or the next morning back to Arizona, not to go take to the streets of Miami or anything like that. It's just stupid when you know that the media is looking for things to lie about. Cause this ain't about getting Kerry Lake supporters. Republicans have Kerry Lake supporters. If Republicans don't have Kerry Lake supporters, they're in trouble. Just like Joe Biden doesn't need Alexandria Ocasio to pander to Alexandria Ocasio Cortez supporters. He's got them, all right. If he doesn't have them, he's in trouble. That's how it works. They're the bases of the party, or in Joe's case, the fringe of the party. That's just how it works. If you don't have them, if you're doing all, spending all your time preaching to the choir, and maybe this would be a good reason to look into how you might have come up short in the vote in Arizona, Carrie. If you uh, spend all your time preaching to the choir, you might sing a lovely song, but it's going to end up being a barbershop quartet. You need a giant chorus. You need to expand the choir. And so when you know that the media is out there, and most people will get their information from the media, as insane as that sounds, as dumb as that sounds, and etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera, you know how it is. I've been unambiguous about that. But when you know that that's where the people are getting their information from, you don't throw them bones. You don't give your enemies ammunition. Think about Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. He's got a big pride flag hanging on the White House right now. And he's tweeting out about how he's so brave and all oh, the, the gays are so wonderful. And they're this and they're that and they're the other thing. And it's like, what the hell, man? He said, I've never seen a more brave group of people. Really? You've never seen a more grave group of people? It's only a seven second clip. It's not worth playing for you. But he said that to a pride event on the mall are on the uh, the lawn at the White House with the big progressive everything flag hanging in the background, equal to the United States flag, which is sickening in and of itself. No flag should do that, especially on our White House. But, the most bra- now, the most brave group of people he's ever seen, the gay movement. They're the most brave group of people... He's ever seen, my God, they're heroes. Not all heroes wear capes, but when they do wear capes, they look fabulous wearing capes. Absolutely fabulous wearing capes. But if you remember correctly, ladies and gentlemen, when Joe Biden was ordering the withdrawal, you know, what the hell with it. I'll play you this clip. It's, It's worth listening to. This is, again, Joe Biden talking to a group at the White House for Pride Month. We all talk about courage. Well, I see more courage in this lawn than I've seen in any time in the recent past. Talk about courage! I've seen courage. Then you we know what they're lacking. It's courage. I went to the wizard and I got courage. It was the. I haven't seen this much courage since I stood up to Corn Pop. God, I hate this guy. But anyway, if you remember Joe, wasn't well, that recent history? Long time, long time. Never seen this much courage. If Joe remembers correctly, when he got 13 American soldiers killed in Afghanistan during his haphazard, stupid, worthless withdrawal in which he left, you know, arming our enemies, left billions of dollars worth of weaponry to our enemies. He went and saw those bodies returned to Dover Air Base. He went because he had to go. He had to go because he was responsible for their deaths and he had to pretend to care. And so he pretended to care. He was with their families at the time, and he kept checking his watch, going, how long is this crap going to take? Can we get out of here? So what do you think that means to the families of those soldiers, that Joe Biden has never, has not seen more courage, more courage. A guy-on-guy action is courage. The more leather you wear in your guy-on-guy action, and as you walk down the street in front of a kid, Why, that's courage. It's insane. He's such a disgusting man. And I can only imagine as we're really only even approaching the middle of Pride Month, there's going to be more of this crap because he's tweeting out constantly about how gay people are the best and he's going to be promised to get rid of uh, trans kid homelessness. He'll spare no expense of our money to get rid of trans kid homelessness. Veteran homelessness, you can go F yourself. But trans kid homelessness, Joe Biden and the Democrats will move heaven and earth to make sure that that is eradicated. Anyway, yeah, Joe Biden till about uh, till they needed votes and needed money in 2012 was voted against gay marriage. So, yeah, tells you about him. Anyway, back to the Trump thing. I've told you one way to that I found, anyway, to be unhelpful insofar as reaction goes. And that was Kerry Lake. And I do wish that Republicans would, I don't know, at least use people who lose campaigns less frequently. you got all sorts of people who win campaigns. You want to elevate somebody, get somebody who won a campaign to come down. Because the people who lost campaigns could probably learn a thing or two from the people who've won campaigns. Anyway, speaking of somebody who won campaigns, and you have to sit there and wonder how and why, we go to Lindsey Graham taking on George Snuffleupagus, very effectively. He was not now George doesn't want to hear this. You'll find a lot of this. You can find clips of Dana Bash talking to Republicans uh, with uh, the Vivek Ramaswamy guy. You can find a whole bunch of clips of leftist journalists asking questions. Republicans answering them with, well, you know, this is a bunch of crap, and Hillary Clinton did this, and Joe Biden. And they go, no, 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 it's not. They quickly try to shut it down. You'll see that on ABC. You'll see that on CNN. You, you won't see it on MSNBC because they won't have a Republican on to do it. But they all live in fear that their audience will discover some of the information they've desperately tried to keep hidden from them, like. Hillary's secret server, like Joe Biden's classified documents dating back to his time, all the way back to the time of the Senate and vice president, when he was never in a position to declassify anything. All that sort of stuff. They, They just want to ignore it completely. It's going to be brought up in court, but they can ignore that too. They want to be able to choose what their audience hears. They need to keep their audience brainwashed on the thought plantation that they have set up for them. So George tries to play that game, and to his credit, Lindsey Graham isn't going to have any of it. Lindsey Graham gets a little assertive here. He puts on his big boy pants, his britches, and goes after a little snuffleupagus fairly effectively here.
1: Well, here's what I believe. We live in an America where if you're the Democratic candidate for president, Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, you can set up a private server in your basement to conduct government business. And when an investigation is had about your activity, no, let me finish.
0: But you didn't answer the question. That was
1: ridiculous. Well, yeah, I'm trying to answer the question from a Republican point of view. That may not be acceptable on this show. Yes, I don't like what President Trump did in certain aspects. I don't like that Joe Biden had classified information on the garage. I don't like that Mike Pence carelessly took classified information. I don't like any of that. But what I don't like is a system in America where the secretary of uh, state, who's a Democratic uh, candidate for president, has people take a hammer to social media devices and break them apart, apply uh, bleach bit to a hard drive to erase emails, allow classified information to get on a felon's computer, Anthony Weiner, you haven't even mentioned that most republicans believe we live in a country where hillary clinton did very similar things and nothing happened to her president trump will have his day in court but espionage charges are absolutely ridiculous whether you like trump or not he did not commit espionage he did not disseminate leak or provide information to a foreign power or to a news organization to damage this country. He is not a spy, he's overcharged. Did he do things wrong? Yes, he may have. He will be tried about that, but Hillary Clinton wasn't. Your old boss committed perjury in a civil lawsuit lost his law license, obstructed justice in a dozen ways, and he didn't get prosecuted. I know yeah, he I was impeached, well, but he wasn't prosecuted. You, you've, made, you've, made, you've made your point.
0: See, Lindsey put on his big boy pants. He was not going to have it. He's mad. He's He's got his blood up. Personally, I have my problems with Lindsey Graham. I think that he cost Republicans a couple of seats in the Senate last time by introducing his national abortion bill after years and years and years of conservatives saying abortion is horrible, but Roe v. Wade was, is a horribly decided decision, and federalism needs to rule the day. And then the second that happens, Lindsey Graham comes in and says, yeah, but how about this? But on this, he's right. On this, he's right. So good for him. I don't know where this goes from here. I don't know what happens next. I would like to think that the president uh, would, ha- the former president would have his lawyers working desperately to try and get this dismissed as quickly as possible. This is not something you fundraise off of. This is not something you, you play with. Like I said, the other things has to do with a porn star, blah, blah, blah. But this has to do with national security, as flimsy as the case may be. You don't want this hanging out over you if you're Donald Trump. I hope they take... Up on that. I have to uh, end the show here just a little bit early, just because I have some pending matters I have to deal with. On tomorrow's show, we'll get into this asinine law proposed bill. It'll probably become law because it's California, where they want to criminalize not affirming the gender of your trans kid as determined by school teachers. Nobody knows your kid better than a school teacher, apparently. And nobody has more rights, and, and it's a—it's so insane what's going on out there. I honestly don't know how anybody lives out there. It's funny because meanwhile you got Governor Hairdo running around saying Florida is terrible and it's awful, and all the left is talking about how horrible Florida is, and yet everybody's fleeing all these liberal bastions to go there or Texas. For my money, if you're gonna if you're gonna have the humidity, you might as well have as much beachfront as humanly possible when you go to Florida, as long as you don't vote for Democrats. But uh, I'd like to see people just move to other blue states, Democrats move to other blue states, but that's beside the point. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible situation. The, uh, L-G-B-T-Q-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z XYZ community is so threatened and so mean and so so terrible that they're they're thinking about leaving the state and sometimes the United States. What are we going to do about that? Nothing. Why do I care? They're they're being lied to if they're going to believe the lie or if they're willing to relocate their family so their children can have their genitals mutilated, removed from their body, then good riddance, get the hell out of here. You know, I'll help, I'll help you pack. To sit around and Joe's talking about, it, it's an attack on the most basic values of freedoms we have as American. That's not hyperbole. That's what he told the, the Pride group. It's like, dude, you represent the party that wants to raise the age to be able to exercise your Second Amendment right to 21 and yet you want to lower the age of self-determined chemical castration to a group of people who are emotionally unstable because that's the pure nature of teenagers? You're insane and evil, and you need to be defeated. So we'll get into all of that and everything else that's going on around the country tomorrow. I w- quickly, I want to point out this thing from the New York Post you sit there and you go. We're 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 making a difference. Some Target stores have moved the, the this thing to the back of the store. We're not really, ra- you know, when Anheuser Bush declares bankruptcy, maybe we could declare a, a victory in that battle. It will not be a victory in the war. There never is a victory in the war. It is not. There's no finish line. It's just checkpoints, but. Never fool yourself because you probably listen to conservative media, I guess, almost exclusively, be it whatever TV channel you watch, be it whatever radio you listen to, whatever podcast you listen to. Don't become complacent and believe that we're winning more than we are. We win on a couple of things. Lowering the market cap of Target is a good thing. Lowering the market cap of Anheuser-Busch is a good thing. It sends a message. It might scare off temporarily some other companies, but it will not destroy the concept. Remember a few years ago when they were pushing, the left was pushing for... The removal of statues from the Confederates. Oh, well, there's a civil war. They fought the wrong side. Why should we be celebrating them? Slave owners, etc., etc.? And Some people acquiesced. Some people, acqu- I mean, you can't rewrite history, but they sure as hell try. But so some people acquiesced. Like, well, we don't really want to do this person or celebrate that person. Well, New York Post. A nearly century-old statue of the Revolutionary War hero, General Philip Schuyler, one of Albany's gr- largest slave owners, was removed from outside City Hall in the state capitol Saturday morning. A moving crew took nearly three hours to haul the statue off its base and load it onto a trailer. It's now destined for an undisclosed storage facility until the city can decide what to do with it. Melt it down and make it into reparations coins. The removal cost about $40,000. The 90-foot uh, depiction of Schuler, who was a New York senator and the father-in-law of Alexander Hamilton, may also contain a time capsule with maps, coins, and other knickknacks dating from its unveiling in 1925, the Albany Times-Union reported. Despite his prominence in American history, Shuler came in for criticism after the death of George Floyd and subsequent riots carried out across the country in 2020. Since we're doing all this in honor of George Floyd, when they put up a statue of George Floyd to replace somebody who actually contributed to this history of this country, in the time capsule they should put in like what? Crack pipes, some meth, something like that, some coke. I don't know what exactly was Georgie Boy's drug of choice, but uh, you might want to sprinkle just a little bit of fentanyl in there since he had more than twice the lethal amount of fentanyl in his system when he died. You thought we were winning this war, we're making some progress in this culture. where The left does not recede. They wait and then they pounce when you're not paying attention. That's why you've got to pay attention all the time. No victories are permanent. Learn from the defeats. And make sure that you deny them as many victories as humanly possible for as long as humanly possible. As for the contest, I'll announce that tomorrow, too. So you got one more day to enter at uh, patreon.com slash Podcast or com. I know, I've been laxed and all that, but I've got, uh, I've got stuff I have to deal with at the moment that I don't really want to deal with. But i got to deal with it, so there's that. So thank you for the support on the show. Please, if you don't mind, consider supporting the show. Throw a couple bucks this way just for the entertainment's sake. And have an awesome Monday. I'll be back here tomorrow. Great one.